and my son. I wanted to talk to you about some of my life experiences and about some of the conclusions that well I've come in life to find to be true. Newspapers and television can say all kinds of things but a man or a woman must come to the point in their life where they really begin to have clarity about what life is all about. God has blessed me with uh, these number of years to be able to traverse this pilgrim land called life, to travel these years upon years, months after months, and days after days. In the midst of it all, it's truly blessed me, but more than I could have ever hoped for. I counted all the joy. I brought you here tonight because I wanted you to know that with all of the bright lights all of the slogans and all of the cliches that are out there. I need you to have some some height and width and depth on the meaning of life. I don't want you to get caught up in what I will term as vanity or vanities. A lot of things. In fact, most of life is vanity. I've written down some notes here because I wanted to make sure that I get this over to you. What profit is a man from all his labor in which he works under the sun? What profit it is him? What is the gain? from his struggle, from his pain, from his tenure on this earth. I've noted that generations come and generations go away and then another generation comes. And the earth is pretty much as well, it's just kind of like here. The sun rises, the sun sets, and then it rises and sets again, all in a circular motion. The wind blows to the south and then goes to the north and blows and it continues in the same fashion. The rivers they flow into the sea and the sea becomes full, but it never is overfull, but it runs right back into the rivers because life seems to be cycles, but the cycles still come to the same conclusion. And so that in and of itself 
is vanity. A lot of work in life. And I've noticed that the things that are, by and large, are the same as the things that were and the things that will be and are the things that have been. Vanity. That's what I found. A lot of vanity in life. And I want you to be clear about what to expect as you go forward in your life. And I want you to have your priorities right. I want things to be in order. I don't want you to overvalue that which doesn't deserve the value that you render it. You see, at some point I came into my life where I had the financial stability and security and wherewithal to be able to treat myself and to buy the luxurious things that some have never been able to afford or to experience. And so I decided that since God had blessed me with this point, and inclusive of that, God had given me a level of wisdom that I can only say is phenomenal because it's grace. Not because I deserve it, but just because he blessed me with it. And so I decided that it would be a unique and wonderful thing that in the position that I was in, that I should try to explore and determine the value, the meaning, the reason of life so that I might impart that same wisdom not only to you but to other sons and to other daughters and to all of those who would not need to hear what the Lord did reveal to me. And so I decided to go on a survey. I wanted to check it all out. I wanted to examine the riches. I wanted to examine the luxury. I wanted to enjoy the pleasure. I wanted to seek and understand both those things that were of wisdom and those things that are of folly. Because you you are balanced when you can know the clarity and the difference between one side and the other side. So I wanted to look at wisdom and I wanted to look at farming to see if one had greater value than the other. And so that's what I did. I, I took the resources that I had and I began a survey to look into it all. I've seen all the works that have been done under the sun. And the conclusion of those works, I'm going to tell you in advance, is that they are vanity and like trying to grasp or to catch the wind. What is crooked can never be made straight. And that which is lacking can never be completely fulfilled. I communed with my heart within myself saying I've got all this greatness and I'm, I'm elevated high in the city and so let me look at all of these things and so this is what I did. I said come now and let's look into mere happiness. Let's look into 
party, excitement, that which traditionally makes the heart of men and women beat fast and to pulsate. I looked into the bright lights. I looked into the joyous occasions. I looked into the celebrations, into the parties. I looked into all of those things to try to find out if this is the true meaning of life. I spared no expense of tech. I said, none at all. So this is what I did. I went in with the mindset that I was going to gratify myself, gratify myself, pleasure myself. I made my works great. I went hard. I pursued it with a diligence and a fervency because I wanted to make sure that I understood it even from A to Z. I wanted to get it right. So I enjoyed the pleasure, but found that even pleasure in its accumulated extreme or pleasure in the slightest form still didn't fulfill me on the levels of completeness and thoroughness that a true meaning of life would bring. I decided that I would go and Hire me some servants. So I got some male servants and some female servants to assist me in my day-to-day -day living, to assist me in the things that I wanted done. So I, I took care of the nails and I, I did the fancy clothes. I did the diamond rings and the fancy watches. and I had the nice cars and all of that stuff. I tried that, my son. I tried it. I had all of those pleasures. wasn't enough. So I, I went and I, I decided that, you know, I, I would build me a big house. I, I would plant me some orchards and gardens. I had a plush lawn. I had roses and flowers and great bloom and great odors all around me. People would pass along and see the magnificent house that I had built with my carports and with my fancy cars and the beautiful lawn manicured to precision. Still, I tell you, my boy, I tell you, it wasn't enough. The gold, the platinum, the diamonds, the rubies, missed the mark. It was still vanity. It was still me grasping for the wind. And so I realized that the meaning of life would never be found in the things that I could buy. It wouldn't be found in the fancy clothes, the, the great colognes, the status symbol, the popularity. I had all of that, man. I had all of that. I've been there and done that, as the cliche says, but... Still, I couldn't find what I was looking for. And what I was really looking for was a reason to wake up in the morning, a reason to go full force throughout the day, a reason to celebrate the breath that the good Lord had placed into me. I couldn't find that. 
in those things. And what I'm trying to get you to understand is I've already done that. And I know you've got to live your life even as I have lived my life. But I want to at least let you know that somebody has been there and done that and came back with this report that I'm giving to you. I hope you understand it. All of those things. I had women. Plenty of women. Some of them would look at me and say that they would, they love me. Different features, different hairstyles, different hair colors, different figures. Amazing, oriental, all kinds of nationalities. But listen to me. The totality of them all put together was still vanity and grasping to catch the wind. But good enough to feel me. Whatever my desire, I did it. I didn't withhold anything from my heart. And then after I had looked at all the works of those things, I just still came to the conclusion that it was just our vanity. Still grasping to catch the wind. There was no profit for my soul for those things that I found under the sun. Then I said, well, maybe it's not in the thing. Maybe it's not in the cars. Maybe it's not in the money. Maybe it's not in the jewelry, houses and land, the clothes. Maybe the real purpose of life is is not so tangible. Maybe it's the intangible things like intellectualism. Maybe it's all about education. So I pursued with great diligence and with great haste the intelligence the intellectualization of my mind. I read philosophy and I studied Hebrew and Greek. I learned about other cultures and experienced a broad range of enlightening, provoking ideas, both history and theory and realistic. Yet still, in the midst of all of that, I had my wisdom that God had given me because wisdom comes only from the Lord. It is not of man. It cannot be taught in a school. It is not found in a book. But real wisdom comes from the Lord. And God had given me that. But yet I still chased after education and pursued intelligence. And the end result of that is I learned this very key and important Realization. The fool and the wise man both die. The wise man will die and be buried. The fool will die and be buried. So if the wise and the fool 
end up in the same place. How can one be better than the other? It is true that in the days of the wise, there will be an elevated sense of living, perhaps. Maybe uh, an easier life, so to speak. And the life of a fool may be laborious and difficult and cumbersome. But at the end of the day, in the reality of it all, 100 years from where we are now, who will know your name? Who will know your situation? Who will know that you existed 100 years from the day? Who will know that you were wise or who will know that you were a fool? Who will know that you were tall or who will know that you were short in 100 years? And so then, it can't be in intelligence. The reason or the purpose of man's life, though temporary it may be, has to be greater than the life that he lives in the body. So then wisdom is not enough. Education is not enough. <sighs> Yet I was still determined. I was still to pursue my course. So I said to my heart, the same thing that happens to the food happens to the wise. And so is vanity. There is no more remembrance of the wise man than that of the fool. And then something happened when I noticed that I couldn't find the fulfillment. And I really want you to hear this because you may come to this point when when you realize that the very thing that you have pursued after and given so much energy for, when it does not merit or brings back the value that you pursued it with, that you believe that it would have, when it disappoints you, when something in life actually lets you down in such a manner to whereas you don't even have the zeal or the will to recover, I want you to hear my voice. Because when I recognized these things had failed me, I felt the dark cloud begin to descend upon me. I began to become confused. I, my mind was stunted and I was in shock and in some form denial because I had been taught these things were important. I had been shown by TV and media outlets and so many other places that these were the high epiphanies and values of life. And then after I had received them, after I had conquered the mountain to get to them, when I got to the top, at the apex, at the top, I was empty. I remembered. Oh, I'm frustrated. Because they didn't have the value. It was like a great tremendous check being written out to me. Only to find that when I cashed it in, it was insufficient. I had lost so much motivation, 
And I began to feel that not only were things vanity, but they were vexation of one spirit to pursue after them. They were vexation. In other words, you, you got caught up, hypnotized, and delusional into thinking that they had value when in truth, it was still vanity. I don't want you to spend your whole life running after the things that I have already looked into, the things that I have already considered, the things that I have pursued, even to the end, only to come to the same conclusion that I've come to and realize that there's no value in them. I want you to be able to start your life or to continue your life today with a clear understanding of where real reason and purpose for your life and hopefully by the end of my time with you tonight or today you 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 will you will at least be better off than where I started off because one generation should be higher than the next generation because the top generation should be able to stand on the shoulders the previous generation. Let me speak on. I want you to know, and this is very important, that there is a time for everything under the sun. Hear me, and I'll be specific because I, I need you to really have some kind of clarity about this thing because timing is so important. I know the older people used to say he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. And so I'm telling you in advance that there is a time and a place for everything under the sun. And there is nothing new under the sun. What has been is and shall be may come in a different wrapper, it may come in a different form or a different fashion, but it's all really the same. Vexation, vanity, trying to catch or grasp the wind. There's a time to be born, and there's a time to die. Let all men know That he was right when he wrote, cowards die many times before their death, but the value taste of death but once. Of all the wonders that I have yet heard, it seems to be most strange that men should fear seeing death a necessary end will come, will it will come. Shakespeare's word that basically means this. In his play, Julius Caesar, he wants you to know. There's a time and place for everything, both to be born and to die. As sure as we've all been born, we'll all die. There's a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which was planted and there's a time to kill and a time to heal. 
There's a time to build up and then there's a time also to pull down. It's a time for peace, a time for war. There's a time to just shut up. And then there's a time to speak up. <laughs> a time for everything under the sun. A time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, and a time to sit down. Time to cast stones and time to gather stones. There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. <laughs> and just as sure as there's a time for those things, there's a time to gain and then there's a time to lose. There's a time to take a stand and a time to walk away. There's a time for to pray and a time to work. Faith without works is dead unless a man deceives himself. There's a time to throw away and a time to keep. A time to tear, a time to sow time to love and a time to hate a time of war and of course you know there's a time for peace there's a time for everything under the sun you just got to have the wisdom to know what time it is and know to be patient to know that he is God and God all by himself moving in strange and mysterious ways. Wait on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Sunday will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and they will not faint. It's time for all things under the sun. Ask God for his time and it's perfect. He never fails. I, let me move on. I, I, I realize him how time has flown by. I want you to know that whatever God does, it's well done. No man can add to it and no man can take away from it. God does whatever he chooses to do. And every man should fear him for it. Also under the sun, I realize that in, in the place of judgment, oftentimes you'll find wickedness. And in the place where righteousness should be, you might find iniquity. So you might find the good where the good is. Instead, it's the bad. And where the bad is supposed to be, 
you might find the good. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be confusing to you. I'm, I'm merely saying that God is the judge. His judgments are true. There is a way that seems right unto every man, but the end thereof I found that leads to destruction. And then I had thoughts about the poor, the oppressed. In my consideration and surveying of all of mankind and the things of man and the ways of man, purpose of life, I thought about the oppressed. For their tears don't have any kind of real consolation, and those people who oppress them seem to be in power. But I don't want you to become overwhelmed if you are the oppressed. And I want you to be very careful that you never be the oppressor, because those who are oppressed, God will relieve. And the oppressors. Well, just remember the Bible says that which is done in the dark will come to the light, and God is not mocked on that. Don't go to sleep on me. I hope you're still listening to me. I'm not ranting him, I'm really being honest with you about wisdom. Even the wisdom that was given to me by the Lord. I want you to also take note of the following things. I'll try to hasten through them. Okay, Google, 35% volume. Okay, Google, set the volume to 35%. Okay, Google, set the volume to 50%. Okay, Google, set the volume to 65%. Listen to this. Okay, Google. Okay, Google, set the volume to 50%. Okay, Google, listen to this. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver and 
He who loves gold can never ever receive enough gold. You'll always want more if that's where your value lies. And the reason why you'll be wanting more is because it's vanity and vexation of the spirit. So be a good steward. Be honorable in both your giving and your receiving. Remember that the increase comes from the Lord and all good and perfect gifts come from him as well. Okay, Google. Set the volume at 45%. So much I would want to tell you on this. But I'll give you a couple of more points. And I believe this is this great wisdom that will help you. A good name has greater value than silver and gold. A good name is better than popularity. A good name is, is better than really all of the money in the world if you want to put it that way. So let your yeas be yea and your nays be nay. Always let people know what you stand for. And if by chance you should ever make a vow unto the Lord, listen, be quick to pay that vow because God is to be referenced. It is better for a man to not make a vow than to make a vow. And to break it. God is a holy God. He not only knows what you say. But he knows. Meaning of your heart. I want you to always remember God. When it comes to him. He's God all by himself. He can straighten something out and no man could make it crooked. He can make something crooked and no man could ever straighten it out. I'm saying that because sometimes it seems or appears like your life is, is out of control. But our lives are never out of control. They may be out of our control. And they may be out of control in the eyesight of man or some rule or regulation. But our lives are always in the hands of God. Even our bad choices. All things can work. And will work for the good of those that love him. And who are called according to his purpose. 
Actually, I'll give you just a couple of more. Points of wisdom and truth. It is appointed unto every man to die. There is a time for judgment. Though we may not know when it's going to happen, we can know that it is going to occur. And no one has the power over the spirit of God to check it, to, to cause it to remain at bay whenever he calls you. My son, you must answer. I thought about all of this stuff that I've told you in my heart. I, considered it, I pondered it, I looked into it, I pursued it, as I've told you, with great diligence and with great fervency, it, because I really truly wanted to know what was and is the meaning of life, not temporary, not short term, but the true long term, indeed eternal meaning of life. It was a worthwhile pursuit. It cost a lot, but I learned more. Learn, for example, also that, you know, in truth, the man is better who is in the house of a mourner than in the house of Mary. It seems ironic and strange because many pursue the life of happiness and party and gladness. And very few find any value in the house of struggle and scorn. But I want to let you know that you are stronger coming out of the house of scorn and trouble and trial and tribulation. But your spirit and your heart is made weak by merry laughter and gladness. It's the wisdom that I gained from the Lord. My son, I the race is not given to the swift side. And the battle is not given to the strong. Nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill. But time and chance happen to them all. For man also does not know this his time. Like fish taken in a cruel net. Like birds caught in a snare, so the sons of men are snared in their time. When their time falls on them so suddenly. Cast your bread upon the waters. For you will find it after many days. Poetic words. Sweet wisdom bits of truth. Rejoice while you were young. Build a relationship with God right now. Celebrate his presence while you have the blood of youth flowing through your veins. 
day that he gives you. Get up in the morning saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink because your Father in heaven takes care of even the lilies of the field, man. He's got you back. Remember him, the creator of the days of your youth. Before the difficult days come. Finally, this is the whole conclusion that I have come to. I, I know you have listened to me well, and I hope that you have taken good note of what I've told you. But here is his purpose of life. Here is the real reason for man. Fear God. Reverence Him. Adore Him. Celebrate Him every day. Humble yourself and seek His face. Clad yourself in the full gospel armor and carry with you the shield where you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. I know it sounds rather poetic and scriptorial, but what I'm trying to tell you is this. Honor him with your life. Honor him every day. Not meaning that you'll be perfect. Not meaning that you won't have failings or failures or sins. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This is what I found. Fear God. Follow his commands. That is the reason for life. I so love you. And I pray for you.